<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Wow, that made so, me throw up in my mouth a little bit. So Maybe the worst way to describe your love for an artist. <laughs> Welcome to the My Prince Story Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Marshall. This week, I talked to friend and Prince fam, Abby Mikowski. She sings, works with kids who have autism, and lights up any room she's in. You're going to enjoy this podcast. Here is my conversation with Abby. Did we meet for the first time at Kalamazoo Pride? Um, I don't. I think that we met before that, but I believe that was the first time we hung out. We met at a bar. I remember now. There was some sort of party going on for somebody. We oh, had it was mutual a friends. Party for Jenny. And we yep. were like, "Oh my God, yeah. Prince fans!" Yeah. Because when Prince fans find each other, right? Uh, ever the whole the rest of the world stops yep. around them. The world doesn't know it, but that's how it works. Right. Sorry, Prince people, that I'm using the word fan. You know, Prince like to use fam instead mm-hmm. of fan. My story for when I first started loving Prince was kind of a, a mean one. Mm-hmm. When my older sister, who was a huge Prince fan, uh, did something mean to me. I think she took one of my tapes. And she, remember back in the day with the cassettes, she pulled all the tape out of my, I want to say it was like ACDC or something really masculine, (laughs) right? And my dad said, well, you can have any one of her tapes that you want. And I said, I will take the Purple Rain tape because I knew that would hurt her the most because I was mean. Mm -hmm. I was in like sixth grade i mean you i i think that that was important to choose yeah one that would hit her that's it's 1984 it's perfect right right from that moment on i was sent on a path that changed me because i started listening to the purple rain tape Mm -hmm. and was in love Mm -hmm. what was the moment for you when all of a sudden prince became no longer a singer but he was like your guy when i was young listened to him of course he was on the radio and my sister my we're all music heads in my family and so i heard all this stuff on the radio but the moment that it became like print cds were what was in my cd player Mm -hmm. all the time was uh when i was i would say around like 20 Around 20-ish, 23. Do you remember what song or what album got you into it? Purple Rain, obviously. Paisley Park stuck with me a lot. Oh, the song Paisley yeah, Park? stuck okay. with me a yeah. whole lot. And then um, Sign of the Times was another oh. one that stuck with me a whole lot. But the uh, complete album for me, which actually I think there's other people on the album, was the soundtrack to Girl 6. And I think, Get out of here! I think that I've owned at least four or five of them because I'll play them too much or the, the, they would be back when we had CD cases and not cases, but like sleeves. We, sure, I, put them I know in. what you're talking about. And now like I have one prized one that I keep pristine because I can't find it anywhere. I look everywhere That album never gets mentioned. Girl 6, there are a couple songs on it that are like really hardcore bluesy. There's a specific song. Five that, Women? No, no, no. Uh, Count the Days. Count the Days yeah. from the New Power Generation. Yeah. I yeah. love... That's back before Prince decided he wasn't going to curse anymore. It was so... And it was boy, probably did he one of the drop. first times... Yeah, first times I've heard a singer lovingly and tenderly and full of like passion drop a F-bomb... And I was just Do you like, remember how enamored. Um, Here's a mother <laughs> that I gotta blow away. 
<laughs> and I just happened to be uh, newly divorced and pregnant. <laughs> oh, that's and perfect. And coming out and uh, dating my first woman openly. Okay. That particular song was on repeat on a regular because he's talking about like counting the days, not having that person in his space, basically. Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Count the days. Yeah. And it just was oh perfect. And I was being uh, excommunicated from the church I was affiliated with. So everything just like together. And I it just resonated with me so much because I was becoming like open with my sexuality. The movie Girl 6 resonated with me a lot too. And it just all kind of flowed together. Much love to Spike it. Lee. Oh yeah. Are yeah, you kidding totally. me? Yeah. It's wow. one of my fave too. I, I always say that you find someone attractive they're hot Mm -hmm. that's the purple rain album Mm -hmm. but what keeps you there is their personality and how they treat you (laughs) and for you that's girl six see for me purple rain was like the hot attractive body but what kept me there like what really kept me well first it was around the world in a day the Mm -hmm. parade album Mm -hmm. but then sign the times Mm -hmm. that album front to back that was a moment that i was undoubtedly hooked i mean before that i was like really in love with the music but Mm -hmm. that album got me but girl six i love to get a surprise like that i'm trying to remember all the tracks on the album pink cashmere is on there pink cashmere yeah which is really sexy yeah and beautiful there's another uh tonight i'll take you on a fantasy be your own little nasty girl oh is it she no 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 that's that's vanity six so good yeah Uh, now I'm going to have to go back and listen to the Girl <laughs> 6 album. I haven't listened to it in years. I, it's Shame in on my, me. It's actually in my CD player right now. It's been wow. in there for a couple of weeks. I was raised um, Mormon. My parents uh, listened to jazz and classical and like musicals or church music. My mom would listen to church music, not my dad. So that's the kind of stuff I was listening in Motown. So mm-hmm. we were raised on all that. But when my sister became a teenager and 103.3 was on and that she had it like speed dialed on her phone. And that's it was, a great radio station. <laughs> apparently it was her favorite. She was tape it she would tape it her calling in and stuff there were three artists that were questionable one was Fleetwood Mac I was told I could never listen to because she was a witch Madonna (laughs) (laughs) Madonna because she was like way too sexual there were some songs that were okay but some that I couldn't listen to right and Prince because of how sexualized his stuff was too so those of course became three of my like when they came on I'd be like yes like sneaky sneaking it and still are three of my favorite people to listen to and Three that's of the best artists of the 80s exactly exactly Easy. i would tape the songs off of the radio because that's what we did back then when i was able to buy my own cds and things like that that's when i started my in the movie purple rain i had to sneak into my library of movies when i was younger Man, we weren't allowed I, I to watch that kind of stuff the first time i saw purple rain i was just i was in love with both of them mind blown i mean <laughs> Uh, to this day, I love all the Prince movies. My favorite one is Under the Cherry Moon. Oh, yeah. But Purple Rain, as far as like just being a real, like legitimate movie, that movie just, oh my God. I r- raised my kids on it, even. Yeah. You know, like they know backwards and forwards that mom, if, if Prince comes up, they're like, that's mom's man. I'm like, mm hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you, whenever I meet someone that says that they've never seen the movie Purple Rain, I immediately handcuff them, drag them down to my basement, <laughs> yeah. and I make them watch the movie. I think it's a part, it's a rite of passage. You have to watch that. Yeah. It's, and, it, and it held up. That's a movie you can watch in 2019 and be like, damn. And, I mean, like, the swimming in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how many times I've actually tried to use that as a pickup line, or like if I'm being silly, when we go like to a lake or something. And can I be a show off? Yeah. I drove to that spot that was filmed in it. <gasps> you did. Yeah, in Henderson, Minnesota. 
Did you? It was hard. Jump in. <laughs> very hard to find. Because How did you know that things exact... have changed and grown up? I did a lot of research because I'm clearly a dork with a problem. <laughs> but I found all my favorite Prince areas that were recorded or Purple Rain areas that were recorded mm-hmm. there. Most of them were actually recorded in L.A. and they said it was Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I found that spot and I did not jump into the fake Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy with myself too. Wow. Okay, so you mentioned a couple of things that made me think of Prince mm-hmm. when you talked about you, you. You come out of this marriage, you then come out as gay, mm-hmm. right? Right. And one thing that. I think Prince helped a lot of people out with, and I think he had no idea that that's what he was doing. His intention was more to be noticed and to be free. And I think what came out of that with his not being very gender specific, mm-hmm. not being sexually orientation specific, right. like there was this fluidity with him from the very beginning back in 77, right? And and, and you're a person that kind of follows that in your in your own life. Talk Most about definitely. that a little bit. I now identify as pansexual because as you grow, you figure things out about yourself. And I didn't realize at the time, well, I, looking back, I can realize that I didn't ever really fit into a stereotype of like what a straight lady was or what a lesbian was. I wasn't like a lipstick lesbian and I wasn't right. a butch, but I also wasn't like this like homemaker lady. And um, I was told by several friends and people that I dated, you know, that fence sitter is what they would call me. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. And they're like, some days you look kind of like a dude, like what you're wearing, but then some you can rock a pair of heels in like a pinup girl dress like nobody else. And I'm like, I just, I don't think that I fit in to that box. So you're you weren't only being recognized for that on the outside, but you were actually feeling that on the inside. I, I this still whole, do. Quote, fence sitter thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, I still do, and I I mean I the the religion I was raised in was pretty stringent about gender roles, and um, my family, like my mom, was not only my mom but my grandma's. It's more we come from like a matriarchal mm-hmm. type family and you know my dad was taking care of things but like my mom was really taking care of things and she led a lot of stuff and so did both of my grandmas like they were in charge and that kind of resonated with me and so to be able to see like I would try to be this really femmy thing and I never really could pull it off for long because I'm kind of rough and tumble as well and so when I was coming into like who I was which took me until my 20s to do um, to start that journey of unhinging parts of my life it really I got a lot of my inspiration and um, like strength I guess like to be able to do that by looking at people like Prince and saying like what does it really matter if I mean because he's up there wearing high heels and Mm -hmm. bottomless yellow pants and like (laughs) why if, if if he can do that like what does it matter like I don't understand what and I've always questioned that but this was a person like in the limelight right that I could relate to and honestly that's part of the reason why I made him a big part of my kids lives too because I'm like look like this is a person that has made a ton of money and is living his best dream and looks like this and does these particular things you don't have to fit this particular mold he's making his own choices on what kind of person he wants to be yep and it's working just fine for him regardless of what society says and not only the person that he wants to be in general but like it can change 
depending on the day, you know, sure. like, so it wasn't just like, you can just say, well, we know that Prince is this masculine guy and he wears these masculine clothes and he's always like, like Jason Momoa. Right. So right. like you think like, Ooh, man. But with Prince, like it, you didn't know what he was going to present depending on the day. And think about this. He was five foot two mm-hmm. wearing high heels, mm-hmm. singing with a high voice. And, Better than most women. And was <laughs> while doing that somehow the most masculine yeah. dude that attracted the hottest women you've yep. ever seen. Mm-hmm. Not to make it all about looks, but when you really put that together, and he's a guy that has a color associated with him and a symbol associated with him like no other artist or person has mm-hmm. ever done before. That was the Pink's other... name is Pink. Yeah. But when you see the color pink, you go and go, oh, you must be a Pink fan. Yeah, right, But when right. I wear purple, people automatically right. go, Prince? Right. When you said symbol, the other thing that he represented for me... And it was because I was going through the, a transition in my life and redefining like who I was. Um, that freedom fighting shit, man, like that whole, you're not going to keep me in a box. Have my name, record companies, and do what you're going to do with it. Right. I'm not going to be called by that name anymore. I can re reinvent myself. And I think that that whole part of things blew my mind and made me believe that I can be whatever the hell I wanted to be. And yeah. it did, nobody else could define me but me. And it's still, I still, I'm 40. I just turned 40 and I'm still def, like redefining myself depending on the day. Prince definitely was one of those people that motivated me to want to be better at anything I do because mm-hmm. I saw this guy handling all of his business himself, like playing all the instruments. Right. That's writing the first thing the I say. I'm like, he played like 30 instruments. Yeah. Did you know? Doing it for others. I might allegedly have some really cool bootlegs where when he's writing music for other singers to sing, he first records himself singing the vocal mm-hmm. so he can show the other person, no matter how big of an artist they are, how he would like them to sing that song. <laughs> it's incredible. I have a version he has of... a vision for it. I allegedly have a bootleg version of him singing you got the right one baby uh-huh that he sold to diet pepsi for ray charles i was just about to say yeah four minutes of him singing this song as ray charles prince laid it out the way he had the vision and mm-hmm. i mean he's the best at any instrument he plays it's just ridiculous yeah my boyfriend was driving me to the airport and we were talking about batman or superman and i'm like batman all day long then i was like yeah and then i was like like bat dance and he was like i can't say that i've ever heard bat dance and i was like oh wait just a minute oh my god he was like wait oh oh, i've i've heard it but i don't remember the video and that so i pulled up the video and when you broke up with him uh (laughs) (laughs) right i pulled up the video i'm like you've got to see the video he's like babe i'm driving but i couldn't put the video down and so then i relived all that moment in the whole he's like i don't think i've ever seen you so freaking happy about a video i'm like look he's got a guitar in his hand and three pianos in front of him and his dress half and half and so just like he said you're you really got something i'm like he's a genius dude you know what's a musical genius what's funny about that is uh people are very confused about what prince's biggest hits are Mm -hmm. so if you ask anyone what's prince's biggest hit the do you you can guess they would say purple rain well it's not or doves cry his biggest hit ever was when doves cry but uh either the second or third biggest hit i can't remember which is bat dance it's so good nobody realizes how huge of a hit bat dance was all the samples and remixes that he put in there yeah yeah oh yeah you know the reason why he did that is when jack nicholson was being courted to be the Joker and Batman, mm-hmm. his condition was, I'll only do it if Prince does the soundtrack. What? <laughs> Are you kidding? I me? didn't know that. Yeah. 
Thanks, Jack. And allegedly, and I have watched the movie about 3.5 million times, allegedly Prince plays an extra somewhere in the movie. I can't find it, so I'm, it must be an urban legend. But if anybody listening knows where Everybody Prince tonight's is in this about movie, to, yeah, go, go and watch. It's the first Batman yeah. with uh, Michael, Keaton Michael Keaton and Jack and Nicholson. Jack Nicholson yeah. I need to know yeah. where Prince is in this movie, if he really is playing an extra in there somewhere. Yeah. What an Easter egg that would be to find. Yeah. I recently stumbled upon the album that he's not, he's just playing at his piano, singing Oh Mary Don't You Weep. And oh, sure, yeah. So I recently stumbled upon that, and um, I ended up, funny funny not funny story i ended up like playing the joni mitchell um a case of you mm. maybe a hundred times that night i may have been drinking wine by myself in my room were and you listen- pl- playing the joni version or the prince version <laughs> the prince version from that album him at just at the piano singing it candles lit in my room like having a moment having a good hour and a half by myself and i ended up i've got a friend her name is chelsea who is also a huge Prince fan, and when does he, she know about the Chelsea song? She may not. Well, t- let her know there's a Prince song with her name in the title. So I texted her and I sent her that song, and I was like, "I can die happy now." Just saying how happy I was about it. She called four or five of my siblings, her dad, her brother. <laughs> She's like, "Has anyone heard from Abby?" She's put up the bat signal. <laughs> Right. I'm like, no, dude, I was just really actually that happy that Prince was singing that song with just him and his piano. And for some reason, I just love that Prince loved Joni Mitchell yeah. so much. Yeah. Like he was just a stupid hardcore fan of Joni Mitchell. And, and uh, his version of A Case of You is just phenomenal it's so delicate what's funny about prince is obviously he writes all of his own music and then he'll do an occasional cover Mm -hmm. right and i have this one that's one of my favorites that i love the original but his cover just melts my face what is it uh from the emancipation album he covered joan osborne's one of us oh yeah yeah that cover is so good it's just it's rocking and it cuts through me and I've heard him perform that, and he mixes it into, I shouldn't say mixes, there was a time at one show where he went from that song into Radiohead's Creep, and I was just like, you are destroying my life right now, this is so amazing. <laughs> this is all I can Because how unexpected is all of that to happen? His, his cover of Creep that he did live at Coachella. Is yeah, like, it was amazing. What? I That, and it, it went for really long, too, so it was really, it was yeah. a great experience to watch. I think, too, I was thinking... Uh, when I was younger and TLC came out with If I Was Your Girlfriend and yeah. Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares, how cool I felt to be able to say to people, they didn't, they didn't sing that song. They didn't, that, that was the original. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and they're like, what? No. And then to be able to show people, like I wore it like a badge of honor. They're like, no, this is, this is the other one and it's actually better. Have you ever stolen a lyric from a Prince song? For either like as a pickup line or in like a note to someone like I used to like if I leave a love note for my ex, I would I would use a little Prince line. Then I would look like the Mac Daddy because she wasn't a big (laughs) Prince fan. No, I unfortunately, I think that everybody that I've dated that mattered. (laughs) (laughs) Had to be a Prince fan. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have gotten away with it. Yeah. I mean, literally, they all know like there's not even my kids like when. 
when he comes up, they're like, that's mom's man. Your man's on the radio. And and if it's Prince song, I just went and visited my sister, and she was bebopping through her music because it's always with sister. I've got six sisters, and we are. Um, you have six I sisters? I do. Six sisters and three brothers. Same parents, too. Wow. Yeah. And we all literally, we either all play instruments or or an instrument or sing but we all are music lovers because right. we it's in our blood. And uh, so we have, she's got like a playlist and she only makes it through like the first 30 seconds because we're having so much fun singing together. And she gets to Prince song and I'm like, now if you touch that button, right. you better let this play all the way out. And she's like, I know, I know, I know that's your man. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to let it play out. Everybody knows. If they don't know, now they know. Have you seen Prince in concert? I haven't. No, <gasps> my first concert. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I, with ten kids, like there, and then being a mom when I was seventeen, like there was never really any extra money to do anything. Right. I think Millie. Yeah, I, Millie Vanilli was my first concert. I, I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, I have to. I have to come clean though. <laughs> I not only had the Millie Vanilli tape, but I had the remix tape. Oh my gosh! I did. And I loved it. I still I listen care. to Millie Vanilli occasionally. I, I loved it. <laughs> I know it's all BS, but I mean, I there, can't help there it. were actual singers that were singing. They, they just weren't the people who we exactly. thought they were. But it's I love it. I the, still will turn "Blame It on the Rain." The or, remix album has a version of Pink Floyd's "Money" on it by Millie Vanilli. What? Put that in your pipe and I'm going to have it. to look that up. Yep. It's really good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm losing so much cred right now, but it's so good. They were real musicians <laughs> that wrote those songs yeah. and sang them. It just wasn't Fab and Maurice Rob. or whoever, yeah, whatever the names were. Yeah. We had How a, do you I know ha- that? Because I was in love with Millie Vanilli. We did had, you have a poster? I, had, I did. And I <coughs> also had a hamster that was our... Come on. Listen, the hamster's name was Illy. Okay. And it was our uh, mascot for our fan club. We both just lost so I, much. I, I, I mean, it is what it is. Have you been to Paisley Park yet? I have not been to Paisley Park. But you know you're you're going to go, though. Right? I know for sure that I'm going to go. I have enough gumption and enough people that come back and tell me about it. I got this at Paisley Park. Well, I bet that's really loud on the mic. Tambaraka. There are some hardcore Prince fam that are loyalist. Yeah, that's loyalist, the word. That's... And they say that the whole Paisley Park thing is wrong, but Prince actually made Paisley Park to not just be his home and studios, mm-hmm. but to also be a museum for him after he passed. Like, it's designed for that purpose. So there's no shame in my game that I go almost every year. Yeah. And let me tell you why. Paisley Park. Hook me up. Pay me for the advertising. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Let me in for free. That'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. The last couple of years I've gone, so I don't know that it's going to continue to be this way, but so I would do the VIP tour, which was $100 for the ticket, That's which is bad. so worth no. it. Yeah. So worth it. I am in there for probably an hour and a half uh, for the $100 mm-hmm. doing that huge tour. Mm-hmm. The tour guides are incredibly informative i was afraid i would know more than they did not true and That's we would great, go up to say hey they'd be like hey does this look familiar remember the opening scene to the get off video where the big doors open these are the big doors i'm like oh my god so there are all these <laughs> moments where you're just like i saw prince right here and yeah. I'm staying. Yeah. like it's a little bit mind-numbing yeah. you know, at first if you go on thursdays i don't again i don't know if this is all the time but it's been this way for me the last two or three visits on thursdays part of the vip tour no extra charge 
you go into Studio B where Prince sang into this microphone and you get to choose one of the three or four hooks that they have selected for you. An engineer records you singing over the instrumental. No way. Gives it to you on a purple thumb drive. No way. No extra charge. I'm going on a Thursday when I go. Go on a Thursday. I hope I didn't just screw things up for both of us because now Please, we won't be able to don't schedule. Go on, you guys don't go on the no Thursday. One, nobody else go on Thursdays <laughs> because we don't want scheduling to become madness, but... Uh, tell me that that's not worth every penny. I, I am not all for all the Prince money grabs where they're re-releasing all of his albums in purple vinyl and all that. Yeah. I am all for what they do with the Paisley Park tours. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. That would be phenomenal, like as a vocalist. Just to stand in that room. Yeah. And if you look certain videos up on YouTube or you just have allegedly bootleg videos that you once found on the internet on DVD, then you have video of Prince standing in the spot you're standing in, it kind of hurts your face a little bit yeah. while you're standing there. I haven't been on a visit there where I didn't at least cry a little bit once. I would likely Especially as well. Especially toward the very end. I don't want to ruin the tour for anybody, but at the end of the tour, um, it really punches you in the gut. Whew. Well, there's... Almost got emotional just now. I, you talking about it, yeah. I feel like there's... There's some type of magic that occurs when you're in a space like that. I've yeah. been to a couple of places in Chicago with old jazz singers, which is my other thing that I really dig. And have my friends are like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just, I, they were here and they sang and people loved them and they yeah. gave their art here. And it's really hard to not be in those spaces. I mean, to be in those spaces and not be moved. I don't like to put too much value on things. Yeah. I'm trying to be more about experience than than owning things. However, I do feel like certain places do have their own soul. Right. I agree. And and when you walk into Paisley Park, if you don't feel that soul, then you don't understand what's going on and there's nothing I can do for you. There's no there's no no one can explain it to you. Mm -hmm. You either walk in and you get it. When you walk in you feel it instantly. The second you walk in, you're just like, oh, yeah, I know where I am. Yeah. I'm not going to get emotional right now. No. I'm not going to do it. I see it in your I eyes. I feel it. <laughs> it's Anyone so Anyone that I know that has been has been now several times, which speaks to me. It's hard to do it one time. Yeah. Once you pop, you can't yeah, stop. Yeah. And it, it really <laughs> speaks to me because... And the the people that I'm speaking of are like well-educated people who hold like typical jobs and they're not like by any way like what people would think like crazy fan type of thing. And still it's that it's that reverence and it's like the learning about the person who had this huge impact on them. Well, it's the the love like you you and I randomly met Mm -hmm. and we probably still would have been friends, Mm -hmm. but we had that Prince connection that totally changes. Yeah, it does. Instant trust. You know what I mean? We're like, I don't know you from Eve, but yeah. you're a Prince fan, so I think you're going to be all right. Yeah. You know but you go to Paisley Park, and uh, I've gone on that tour. Uh, the first time I went, Susanna, my fiance, was mm-hmm. with me. But the other two or three times I went after, I was alone. But I was with a group of strangers mm-hmm. from all over the world going on a Prince tour with me. Many of them, it was their first tour. And we are all freaking family going on that right. tour together. Right. We don't know each other. I'm with a married couple from Arizona, and I'm with this dude that's from atlanta and this chick that drove all the way from like boston alone to come here we're like all together having this experience together there is nothing but positive feelings you know what i mean it's so unique we are all different races right right it's so it's so we're all like every tour is but doesn't that doesn't that play to the whole the song paisley park was about that right 
<laughs> it plays to I mean? the whole message of who I think of what I think he embodied is that eclectic like yeah everything let's involve everything in this it's almost like he was every race right. and he was every sexuality right. or every gender every orientation like he, he was he was all of it and he embodied all of that right. I can't think of another place that I could go where all of these different people from different backgrounds uh, could all travel to this one spot and there's nothing that could make us not get along right you know what I mean maybe a strip club <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I really can't think of another place. I stole that joke from probably Chris Rock. <laughs> it's a place where every race can get along. But uh, yeah, I I can't wait till you go and tell me about it. Maybe I'll go at the same time you do. Uh, I'm going in June. Okay. We talked about how uh, the first time you you really like fell in love with Prince, and that Prince probably had an impact on steering you a little bit mm-hmm. in your in your life and kind of giving you the freedom like validating me I think it was like, do you think that's how Prince impacted you the most do you think he impacted you musically at all I and when I say musically I mean since you sing right 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 I um I definitely would say that as far as like the like when it comes to pulling a funky line more more so his musicianship definitely has impacted me as a vocalist like thinking about how I want my stuff to sound right and how layered but simple it sounds like it's simple but it's actually complex that's the key though yeah it's just yeah. like if I that's re- the magic if there. I have really good hair it looks like I did nothing to it but I spent an hour <laughs> yeah. on it yeah totally yeah. it's the I, same thing where I, yeah so it makes it look easy because exactly it's not. And I think for me, like, as looking at it from less than, I mean, from not being, like, how it impacted my life, but, like, as a musician, as a vocalist, writing songs myself and, like, picking things apart and how do I, because I can't really play very, I can, like, tink on instruments, Mm -hmm. but I can vocally sing to the piano player and the bass player exactly the things that I want. Like, I can orchestrate that. And definitely when I'm looking at, a composition of a song he has definitely influenced that for sure because I feel like that's the part that I've got secrets to music writing and they're not real secrets but like passion is one of the first things and the other part is that complex looks simple but is actually complex Mm -hmm. because in my opinion that's what draws people to it because there's so many components that they can that exist so they find one particular thing and they relate to it or several different things within the composition speaking of songwriting uh i have two points on that number one i love it when a song ends with the very same word it begins with oh yeah (laughs) now now for the huge prince fans if you can hit me up on twitter at my prince podcast if you can figure out at least one prince song that the very first word is exactly the same as the very last word and you already have one in your mind right uh, now right well it's and it's not just prince there are a few artists that do it every every once in a while i'll catch it i'll catch another artist doing it and i'm like respect i don't know why i love it so much <laughs> i feel there's something clever about it because it's not as easy to do as you might think i want to say there's a type of poetry that be that is that way as well like you have to begin uh, end with the same word that you began sure. with. The other thing comes from the Beatles, actually. And I use this in my everyday life, writing anything from writing blogs for my mm-hmm. radio station, writing promos, whatever. Um, Paul McCartney was stuck on a line when he was writing Hey Jude. And he would get writer's block all mm-hmm. the time. But then John said, listen, just write write anything in there and just skip it. If you don't know how to finish this line, just like 
write, back to it. Write word yeah. and just move on and just write the song. <laughs> and to this day when I'm writing something, if I can't finish that sentence the way I want to, I'll literally type the word word and I'll move on. <laughs> And then I'll come back and buy, I'll figure it out later. Because the whole context way, is there. That way you don't get stuck on something insignificant while you're trying to put the whole body together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've used that before. I didn't know that that was like a thing, though. Speaking of, when you go to Paisley Park, yeah. one of the studios, just before Prince passed, Prince was writing and recording some new music. Mm-hmm. Sitting in the same spot he left it in is handwritten lyrics and music just sitting there not complete and when you walk up to that you see a sloppy handwriting it just has somebody um seen what it would sound like if it was actually done like yeah i think it's the same when you're in it's one of the bigger studios there's a Mm -hmm. bunch of studios Mm -hmm. within paisley park and they actually play you it's like some of this jazz stuff that he was Mm -hmm. working with kirk uh on and i think it was that song that he was writing so i think you get to hear a little bit of it and Every tour I've been on, they said, you know, this is going to get released. And it's been years now. It's been two or three years that it's mm-hmm. been released yet. Paisley Park, release the vault music. <laughs> That's what I thought that piano it. one was. I was like, what is this? Like, Because I had just stumbled across well, that, that's, one that's, that was like Johnny Cash vault, and though. Elvis and somebody yeah. else. Uh, I don't remember. It was Johnny Cash, Elvis, and somebody else. Two other people playing just diddling around they found this little place and they were diddling around it's just the recording of that and people hear me listening to like that that prince album and mm-hmm. with air quotations and that other one that i just brought up and they're like this how do you even follow this it's not like i'm like this is what like watching the master create something because that yeah. those diddles are what turn into what the actual song is He's- you're getting like the the rough draft. You're hearing him figure things out. Yeah. And, and it's magic. And you never get that. No. You never get to, you just see this guy that just wakes up excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, you never get to, you, <laughs> you hear him hit a couple of wrong notes and, and you hear him kind of humming his way through yeah. something to find, find yeah. his melody. Uh, yeah. I will listen to that all day long. Yep. Are you kidding? It's Prince. Yep. On repeat. I cannot stress how sad I am that you've never seen Prince in concert. Mm. Again, it sounds like I'm rubbing it. I mean, I, I wish we could go back in time. My beliefs, though, is, you know, energy is neither. I mean, that's not just my belief. That's a scientific law that energy is neither created nor destroyed. So I feel like at some point in my existence as a spirit or piece of something, I'll probably be able to gather that some other way. Uh, you said that in such a strange. I am a weirdo, man. I'm trying to. Well, it's Prince behind me right now. He is, it's, I was listening. I thought I heard it. He shows up, man. Like I just started watching New Girl uh, when I was in Florida. Oh my god! My, my sisters were like, "You've got to watch New Girl." I can't the believe Prince you've never episode. watched it. Yeah, and so and I my my actual human friends that exist in real life I will I've told them I'm like I've got new friends and they're like what and I'm like their names aren't told in their names and I'm like I hang out with them every night from this time to this time and they're looking at me weird I'm like they're not real people they're just on the TV and so like I've been on this binge this new girl binge and when Prince came on I have this text thread with my sisters specifically about the show and I was like oh my god I can't believe it and I just like sat up in my bed and I'm like we're hanging out me and him are hanging out right now the butterfly (laughs) 
I love when and dressing her when he's dressing her and stuff and like shaking his head. I'm like or the one dude just screams so- <laughs> when he sees him. <laughs> yeah, and then Blackish just did an episode of uh, All Prince stuff. Oh, that was really good. I thought I, of yeah. you, thought of Blackish when you were talking about yeah. how you you purposely raised your kids on Prince. That made yep. me think of that Blackish yep. episode. It it yeah. totally. I was like, mm hmm, mm hmm, and I told them, I'm like, I know you guys don't watch this show with me, but like. You've got to see this particular one because then you'll know what I'm talking about. Because they'd be like, "Why we don't under, really understand, mom?" Because they're like hip hop heads, and I mean, I'm an old school hip hop head my, too. My son is a 16 year old white kid that loves hip hop so much you don't even understand. Yeah, and, and I've now I'm at that age to where he'll talk about a rapper's name, and I'm like, "That's not even a rapper's name." <laughs> Hoodie with a boogie. What are you talking about? He loves all that stuff, but he still respects Prince. Like, yeah. He knows that the guitar solo in Let's Go Crazy is the best guitar solo ever. Starfish and Coffee was his favorite song when hardest. he was a little kid. Aww. You know? So he still has all that love and respect for Prince, even though that it's all about the hip hop. Mm-hmm. He just recently heard me playing Artificial Age, which has more of a, I don't want to say techno, that's not what I mean, but just more of an EDM type Electronic, of vibe, yeah. a little more a little more current. My kid was like, whoa, this is Prince? Like, yeah, dude. He dabbled in everything. everything yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, he gets it, though, even though he likes nothing more than the rappers whose names I don't think are real. Or even the mumble rap. I'm like, what, you guys? That's not. I mean, let, let's stress that both of us love rap. Love. Like, so much so. So we can, we can critique that a little bit without. We're not being like Prince on the Black Album with the song Dead On It. Have you ever heard that? No, I don't. I am. The whole thing, it's him just ripping on rappers. No, man. I, I do. Yeah. I totally love rap. And my I am a music just lover in general. And the all the rap songs I when my kids are listening I'm like put that on pause real quick and I'll pull up where whatever song that's being sampled and they're like what and I'm like mm-hmm yep yeah. or I'll if they're playing a song I'll have them pause it and I'm like what what is that hook from like where is that from and typically they can usually get it for the most part I've got one kid that pays attention to my music a little bit more and so when he's hearing it in a song he'll he'll be like oh that's Otis Redding or <laughs> I learned about a Prince sample that I didn't know I, I literally just learned it a couple months ago I'm ashamed of myself that I didn't Why? know what's it in it is in one of my favorite songs from the early 90s and I didn't know it was Prince that was sampled what song Arrested Development yeah. The song Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee. That's Prince? Think about the song Alphabet Street. Yeah. <gasps> Shut up. They took the word Tennessee, him singing Tennessee. Yeah. And then and then they just funked it up with Tennessee, Tennessee. Oh, my god. And they gosh. paid Prince like thousands of dollars yeah. for that. And uh, yeah, the beginning of the song Tennessee is Prince. I never knew either. I didn't know. You learn something like, new every day. <laughs> I kept listening to it going, oh, yeah, that sure as hell is Prince. How did I not pick that out? <laughs> What is wrong with me? Nothing. Everything. And speaking of hip-hop, he Prince got past that that little spat he had with rap mm-hmm. and he had Eve mm-hmm. and uh Chuck D on mm-hmm. his rave to mm-hmm. the rave to the joy tooth that I can't remember the name of the album now. I just love how everybody comes together. Like people get on their little things and mm-hmm. they feel certain ways about certain things, but when it all comes down to it, it's about passion and it's yeah. about expressing that passion. You love Chuck D? I do like Chuck D. I like hip-hop a lot public enemy was kind of my jam back in the day i was crazy confused about my race growing up yeah my parents are totally cool this little white kid from a small white town (laughs) playing nwa prince public enemy yeah god bless them for letting me be who i wanted to be oh my god 
it's an important but i mean like that's how we identify like who we are and where we are that's the same like i've got a playlist that's i've lived in a couple different spots in kalamazoo growing up and i've got a playlist for each spot where we lived and oh my god i have the same thing <laughs> most I of have it the same thing is r&b and rap yeah, for every city I've lived in, I, I have a St. Joe, Michigan playlist. <laughs> I have a Florida playlist. I have an Alabama. I have a Tennessee. It's just the playlist of my life from yeah. when I lived in that yeah. area. Uh, so, wait. First of all, is it safe to say Prince is your number one artist? I would say he's in my top five. My number one is Ella Fitzgerald, like, of that all That was going to be my question. Yeah, yeah. Ella Fitzgerald, why? Yeah. Um... I have always been told I have an old soul. And like I said, my, both my parents were French horn players. That was the music I was raised listening to more than anything, as like jazz and Motown and classical. But her voice to me is like butter. Like it is, I can eat butter just by itself. That's why I say it's like butter because it's like. Wow, that made so, me throw up in my mouth a little bit. So Maybe the worst way to describe your love for an artist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eating a stick of butter. I mean, like, this I won't chomp on the stick of butter, but I'm saying, like, how her her voice is, it just takes me to a very safe place. Uh, people have said the same thing about me, not like a stick of butter. They say that I age <laughs> like a fine milk. Oh, oh, like lumpy, <laughs> lumpy and sour. Lumpy, lumpy is <laughs> lumpy how and I'm described. Sour. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you've seen me with my shirt off. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate me. it. Get show notes, pictures, and more info on My Prince Story at MyPrincePodcast.com. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at My Prince Podcast. My Prince Story is recorded in my cozy Prince basement in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.